Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dubai. Oh, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz of course on wrestle culture as i said though joined by michael sidgwick to review uh preview even aew rampage um a match or a show with lots of exciting potential matchups on there darby allen and the butcher fuego del sol teaming up with bear country take on the house of black uh layla hirsch versus red velvet and of course max caster versus keith lee where to start sidge well it's difficult because nothing jumps out of you, jumps out at you or me or whatever. It's like a proper main event. Mm. There's no Christian versus Kenny Omega, Danielson versus whoever. This looks like a really fun middle portion of Dynamite, which is what yes. Rampage has almost become. I figure with the um, special start time, I love that, got a special start time, guys. It's a total work, a euphemism for we've been bounced around the schedule. We're probably not going to give you the best stuff we've got. We'll give you something fun. But mm-hmm. this special start time is we've been told to go into an even worse slot than we already have for the show. So I think on that basis, the best we can hope is a 7.5 for this show. Mm-hmm. But it should be a very fun one. A lot of the um, character interactions should really be fun. Nothing to like lose your mind over. Nothing of huge ramifications but as you said there's a lot of fun stuff i think potentially on this card yeah it reminds me a little bit of when when smackdown went to was it fs1 for a few weeks and they were like well we're on a special channel now like no they've just decided uh you're not the priority now the march madness or whatever it is for for basketball at the moment uh, let's start with darby allen then he's battling the butcher uh andy murray's favorite of course and you want senses more developments in the ongoing storyline featuring these guys, the AFO, the Hardys. I don't know. Do you think they're heading to potentially the Hardys fighting Darby Allen and Sting? Oh, 
potentially, I think that Jeff Hardy will really want to work with Darby Allen one way or the other. I think mm-hmm. he's on record saying that he's a big fan of his. Obviously, the similarities between the two um, in terms of their dispositions and ring style. They've been drawn together in this sort of sprawling storyline for a reason. So I do expect it kind of to happen at some point. I don't think either, like you don't want to boo. I mean, I would boo the Hardys. Like I'm not the biggest Hardys guy. I've said this quite often, but I don't think the general audience would want to boo Sting or Jeff Hardy. So if it does in fact happen, it will be a um, all baby face match. I've got to be honest with you, Wilborn. I'm sat looking at a lateral flow as we speak, trying to determine whether I can see the most faint line possible <laughs> or if it's shadow playing tricks on me, which, again, it's like, nah, there's a line there. There's a sort of thing where, like, if you're just doing a routine asymptomatic sample test, you're thinking... I can't really see a line. Mm. But deep down, you kind of think, oh, God damn it, there's a line. Mm. Uh, yeah, but it's good for me because it was glowing red on Monday, and that is the faintest line you'll ever see in your life. So it looks like I'm absolutely on the mend. Did you ask me to preview a match here, Darby Allen versus The Butcher? Or yeah. just talked about it? should be class. It should be great. Um, they know that this is a... Um, flattering combination that should yield some chemistry for reasons that you know aren't particularly like for reasons that sorry are very very obvious so i'm just looking at this line very professional <laughs> because the butcher he was in incredible shape and has enhanced this incredible shape he's gotten himself into with this awesome new look as well the butcher rules the butcher is a very large man who's a powerhouse whose work is all the better for the fact that it doesn't look particularly refined. Darby Allen is a real thin skateboarded guy who's yeah. going to get battered, thrown around, and the only way you can come back against a man of these proportions is to do that absolutely incredible suicide dive. This is going to be an incredibly fun spectacle that Darby Allen being so great at what he does, it continues to be very underrated when people talk about the very best wrestlers in the world. He's so great at what he does that he's going to do a comeback on the butcher. That's going to feel like earned despite mm. the size difference. So there should be fun. There should be crafted together in a much better way than you would expect. Darby Allen's not, not going to win, but this is one of those things where you look at the match graphic and you realize, cool, there's going to be some super fun, gratuitous, like almost cruel violence in this. Yeah. Just look at the few names on this graphic. But even before you look at the match graphic and think that, um, can you remember around about this time last year, actually, um, AEW did their very first house show that went untelevised called The House Always Wins? Yes, I do remember. And it was the WrestleMania weekend. They did it at Dailies and um, they got like... A decent house in for it, but it was like just oh, it's weird that I just think they thought, you know what, it's gonna be a few extra people in Florida. We might get a house show, whatever. But it was odd, but it happened, and they didn't rule any cameras there. The butcher won a battle royale in the first match, which was held to determine a one-night uh number one contender for Darby Allen's then TNT title, and Darby Allen versus the Butcher headlined it. 
So they must have thought it was a good idea then. And they must have thought the match was such a success on the night that it was worth running back on TV at some point. And we've reached this point. So what I'm saying is, as excited as you might be for a bit of fun, this is something that they know is a good match as well. It doesn't Mm. just have the potential to be a good match. It's actually something successful that they are running back. Plus there's potential for some shenanigans with Sting and the Blade at ringside as well, which always gets me very much excited. Um, Big talking point today on social media, Sige. A potential new member of the House of Black, uh, general consensus being, is Julia Hart with the the whole eye patch tease. Uh, In the interim, the House of Black take on, and one would assume, truck, Bear Country and Fuego del Sol. Uh, This is going to be a really enjoyable destruction, in my opinion. I do not like everything outside of wrestling when it comes to the house of black but my god buddy matthews uh brody king and malachi black when they work together in in a match as we saw uh a revolution or at the buy-in of the revolution um just just great to watch yeah i like the act as much in the ring as i'm just sort of apathetic towards it outside of the ring that match on the buy-in like i'm hesitant to off the top of my head, say it's the best pre-show match of all time because WWE presented quite a few two or five live matches on pre-shows. A lot of them are three and a quarter star. If the crowd was hot, it would have been much better because the work was great. But I'm pretty sure they did one or two that were actual really, really, really good matches. But I would go as far as to say that one of the buy-in was excellent. And again, this feels like something they know that they've got and they've carefully selected a crop of opponents Ill-fitting though they are to maximise um, the brilliance of this, um, the in-ring chemistry of this stable, Bear Country are going to have some kind of interaction with Brody King. That's going to be incredible. Like not only are they going to work like big men, but they're going to do that to begin with, and then they're going to do some absolutely incredible head drop or dive to the outside. That's going to have that incongruous quality. That's mm. all the cooler for the fact that these men have no God-given right to be doing the like sort of dynamic aerial-based stuff that they're doing. Fuego del Sol is an excellent prelim job guy. Um, Buddy Murphy kicking him just to death <laughs> is going to be really, really cool. Um, Al- uh, Malachi Black dropping him with that jumping knee strike, which always looks incredible. Like Fuego del Sol can take a bump and he can draw sympathy, and that's exactly what he needs to do in that alone at this point in his career, and maybe forevermore. If he can sort of withstand it, he's still got a cult following. It's all probably faded from where it was last summer, let's be honest, but he's probably still got enough of a connection with the crowd, and he can probably strike one all over again because his work in this specific role is so strong that if he sort of does enough to withstand a beautifully violent strike-based assault tag in one of the big lads, set up this finish. Like, this should be really fun. And it should have a little bit, with Fuego del Sol being there, of an emotional undercurrent as well. It's just, good booking isn't just who can create stars, who can sort of pen beat for beat the best long-term storylines. It is which promoter is best at scanning his roster and thinking who pairs well with who. Mm. And sometimes, particularly when wrestling never stops 104 television shows per year. Sometimes you really need to draw deep with that inspiration and get really inspired and think 
right? It's an obvious winner and loser here, but we're just building an act. Who's the best at taking this loss on this given week and putting Bear Country with Brody King and Fuego del Sol with Pack and uh, with Black and Matthews? It's genuinely inspired booking. It's mm. going to be like we talk a lot about the gentleman's three, and it's generally like a negative term of oh, the it's a pretty solid but boring, inessential match that didn't really do anything for me. But the work was so competent that you can't not give it three stars. This is going to be the anti-gentleman's three, where I think three stars is its ceiling, but I'm going to have so much fun on the way of mm. getting there. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be interesting to see the, the Bear Country lads going up against uh, Brody King. And uh, I just see the finish being, and I'm a sadist, so I'm really excited, Malachi Black kicking Fuego del Sol's head into like the fifth row, basically. I don't think you need any mist or any of that bollocks really here. Um, just have them get wrecked <laughs> um, and set up, yeah, the, the further domination of the House of Black before Black. we see a new member potentially join. What, we reckon Julia Hart maybe gets unveiled on Dynamite next week? Oh, potentially. But it's weird, like, they've completely dropped this on television. I know mm. she's still appearing on the YouTube stuff. Uh, I thought they dropped this. And it's one of those where it's like, I cared so little about the development that until it was pointed out to me, I'd completely forgotten that all of this had happened. <laughs> um, it's, if nothing else, it's a good idea to build heels, given that we've just crowned a brand new um, babyface mm. women's world champion. So there's a potential TV level um, challenger in a heel House of Black associated um, Julie Hart. And um, being around like senior wrestling minds, which let's face it, Pillman and Garrison aren't, can only sort of help a development mm. in the sort of way that we won't see for however many months or years. But down the line, it will going down the line here. It will absolutely help that in some way, shape, or form. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Well, that allows me to segue nicely uh, into the match tonight between, uh, God bless you, God bless me, God bless you. Uh, against Red Velvet. Looking at the rankings, and I realised Layla Hirsch literally just fought Thunderosa for the number one contender shot at Britt Baker. You could see this again as a because they both think they're both in the top five as of the rankings this week. Um, this could be, you know, a, a potential stepping stone to a world title match. Who do you think should be Thunderosa's first challenger for her newly won AW Women's World Championship? Let's go on the roster page very briefly because my initial idea looks like it's not happening because I don't think there's any way to end this Deeb Sheeta storyline um, without the babyface sort of righting the wrong and avenging the fact that she was injured out of her fair competition. Like, it's not necessarily ideal because I think a lot of people are really high on Serena Deeb's in-ring work. Um, and we've seen quite a lot of Sheeta. Obviously, she was the record-reigning um, women's champion. So I think a lot of people are more bothered about seeing Dave in a higher spot than mm. Sheeta at this point, just through exposure. Wrestling fans are fickle. We want something new all the time. Me and Andy were talking yeah. about this yesterday because you've got this weird dynamic at the moment. You've obviously got double or nothing on the horizon in May, but in the interim next month, you've got a bell on the belt. So you've almost got to crown a, and I hate to use this word considering the history of the TNT Championship, an interim title challenger followed by like, right, this is the proper title challenger as we head towards the pape. Yeah, absolutely. So my initial idea obviously was um, Deeb, particularly because she likes to torment rookies where Thunder Rosa likes to actually train them and develop them. It's a perfect storyline and hopefully we will arrive at it at some point. But babyface versus heel storytelling when you, because he kills Sheeta if she doesn't win this feud. Mm. Because the whole point is People get wrapped up in things like the wrestlers they like succeeding or the, the better in-ring wrestlers getting the push. Like with their internet wrestling sort of minds on. But if you look at it as a story, which WWE have made it impossible to do for the past two decades. <laughs> but if you look at it like a story, like Sheeta has to win because that's what wrestling is. So you could do um, Sheeta versus Thunder Rosa in a sort of respectful run back of all out 2020 i believe it was um so you could go that route but if you look at the heels um layla hirsch just did a job to statlander so she could get reheated that's all a bit wwe if, she, if in fact she gets it on the back of beating red velvet um jamie hater could go on a bit of a tear mm-hmm. building her up because if you get jamie hater built up to a point where she can narrowly lose against Thunder Rosa. That could be the whole, are you going to bring the belt back to me Mm. from Baker's perspective? And then we can have a match for it. 
um, getting it away from Thunder Rosa, who she hates at any cost. But then Jimmy Hayes is like, actually, no, hang on. I'm going to have it. It's a bit like the Wardlow MGF stuff, but it's been a bit like that to begin with anyway. Yes. So I could see them doing something with Hater and then bringing Hater back into the um, orbit of Baker. Um, in terms of heels, it's lacking. If you go through this roster, Serena Deeb probably going to lose. And the Bunny, it's become a meme at this point, how much they've relied on the Bunny. And it's... Yeah a disservice to how much she's improved in the ring because it just feels like a fallback option in lieu of the fact that they really don't do a, a good enough job of building the promote of building the depth of the division they could do no worse at this point than turning ruby soho heel i was literally just thinking that yeah she's a bust like i'm sorry she's a bust um she's not as over as she was she hasn't lived up to the hype she hasn't done the the thing that's at this point expected of the former wwe talent and that is Go out there and show them why WWE was stupid to release you mm. and why you're so much better than the booking. She hasn't actually done that in the face rule, but it's very carny, but wrestling's a carny business. If you want to reheat someone, you turn them. You, you just turn them. Mm. It's just what you do. So there are options, but two years in, there should be more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how do you see it going tonight with uh, with Layla Hirsch and, and, and Red Velvet? I think Leila Hirsch is going to win, get a heat back. Um, it's too soon to run back Jade versus Red Velvet if, in fact, this match has got TBS title ramifications as well. And uh, Leila Hirsch is the pushed commodity. They've invested as much screen time in her as Statlander. And I expect that they, it's get your heat back, though. It is. It's not the most elegant, well thought out. It's a bit cheap storytelling, but that's where we are at, I think. I think that's fair. Uh, the other potential main event of this show is uh, Keith Lee versus Max Caster. You've got the sort of uh, shadow hanging all over this of, of Team Taz, the warning that Keith Lee got, the uh, the encouragement, let's say, that the acclaimed got from uh from Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. They're coming on, Keith Lee's coming on his show and he's not going to be walking out of it, basically. Um, what do you reckon is going to happen, aside from Keith Lee probably beeling Max Caster all over the ring in the match? And is this the start of, or not the start of, but, you know, uh, further development of <coughs> a potential babyface term for the acclaimed? Potentially, but I'm... I'm being serious here. If they run back beat for beat a similar angle to what went down on Rampage last week, I'd be happy. I thought it was absolutely excellent. The idea of, yeah, Keith Lee took some bumps in the ladder, in the multi-man ladder match, but everyone does. But in terms of, through the lens of a singles run, he hasn't really taken a bump yet. Mm. The idea being that he's such this promising guy with title aspirations, undefeated so far, unit of a fella the idea that giving him his first proper bump in the context of a one-on-one match or a singles program or whatever has to mean something because it's not like Andre but you know someone that size getting taken out should mean something and I thought they arrived at it in the most perfect way possible he killed the factory in a very entertaining way and he killed them all and it was awesome and he just beat down the smallest, the mediums and the bigs. Yeah. So it's a Camarato, um, Solo, and uh, 
QT, conspicuous by his absence, was mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Ogogo, who I suspect, given that he was not sort of sacrificed to the more of Keith Lee, they've got plans for him. So that's encouraging, because I think oh, yeah. they need to do something with him soon. Um, but regardless, so he killed all of them. So you've made him look on that night like the, just the baddest guy in the roster, the hardest guy, invincible, practically he's beaten up multiple guys at once. So once you have that in the audience's mind, not only does powerhouse Hobbs look awesome oh. for spine-bustering the guy who's just taken out an entire stable by himself, but Keith Lee loses nothing because he's just taken out a stable by himself. Stable pace booking, even though it was getting a little bit repetitive, towards mm-hmm. the end of last year when Danielson was going through the Dark Order and it's like, well, we've done this storyline a million times. It's still the best possible weapon for episodic North American television mm. and the way that they got the first beating of Keith Lee in the way that it didn't harm his aura one bit but just enhanced that of Powerhouse Hobbs was immaculate booking. Like, this is why you book a roster with depth. This is why you use secondary and ancillary characters it was just majestic booking and they could run that beat for beat tonight after another short match because cast has no threat he's going to be very amusing on the cell i expect so i am really looking forward to watching him just get his arse handed to him in a very amusing way um so they could either run back last week's with bones and caster taking the place of the factory or they could kind of allude to the fact that or they could associate Swerve and Keith Lee together. Mm. Oh, this is what I was going to get to in a, in a, as well, because Swerve's in, involved himself in this. I, I, I was going to ask you whether or not you thought Swerve could be the, the next TNT champion. He strikes me as someone who's in, immediately over, and we're sort of umming and ahhing about Scorpio Sky's TNT title reign following the indifference, let's say, towards the, the Wardlow match this week on Dynamite. Do you think that it just just rocket straps were? But I wouldn't mess about with him. I think Keith Lee's possibly the play. Mm-hmm. I want Scorpio Sky to be given every opportunity to succeed. This is a guy who entertained me absolutely no end as part of SCU, and this predates AEW as well. And there's always been that suspicion of right, okay, is he basically? one of the best opening match guys in a trios context that you're likely to see, one of the best tag guys of his era, or can he actually be the star? And I think that the question gets asked enough that he should be given ample time to answer it. But looking beyond that, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people already are, I think looking at the the pattern of the book and like Keith Lee's getting these short wins like and his streak is gathering quite a bit of pace. So I think the implication is that he's meant to, you meant to think he is someone. Um, so I'm looking at Keith Lee as the next TNT champion, I honestly am. Uh, and, and a quick word on the acclaimed potentially turning babyface. There's no rush. There's no rush. But if you look at the tag teams that are on the heel side, not only do some of them need wins, like FTR kind of need to start gathering some wins if they want to reheat them, ahead of a few of the books. The books could also beat them. Uh, Red Dragon will need a team to look good against when, in fact, they probably fall to Jurassic Express. Basically, what I'm getting at is that the acclaimed could really do some kind of underdog story. They're already really over. Mm -hmm. The crowd is in love with them. 
Anthony Bones is nearly there as a guy who can be depended on to work a great match every single week. He's practically there. Um, Caster's so popular that he can do the... Like, Bones is a hot tag. Babyface would be awesome. Yeah. Caster's got such a connection with the crowd that he can just get his ass beat. <laughs> like, there's a, there's a winning babyface act in there. And at the same time, there's a lot of heel units in AEW that kind of need wins and credibility. So now might be the time. Also, quick nod to Ricky Starks, who's called... Uh, well, him along with the acclaimed have now called Keith Lee Cleveland Jr. and that asthma kid from Malcolm in the Middle. Both of which are just incredible, <laughs> incredible shots. But yeah, I, not a good awesome. idea to piss off Keith Lee. No, it's going to be class when Keith, like Keith, Ricky Starks selling Keith Lee's offense. Again, this is why TK is the best booker. Like his animated, wonderful, beautiful face selling Keith Lee. Hmm. It's going to be incredible. Well, let us know your thoughts ahead of AW Rampage tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We've already previewed SmackDown. We've got WrestleCulture coming your way later with a hashtag bloody good quiz. And if you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, our reviews of both Rampage and SmackDown will be in your feed on Monday as soon as they are released. But for now, this has been the AW Rampage preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.